Since the beginning, Mercedes-Benz has been a champion of women. After all, a young girl named Mercedes inspired the company's name, and it's been dedicated to the next generation ever since. From June to August, we shared bonus episodes that highlighted some of Mercedes-Benz's employees and ambassadors, who've been encouraged to pursue their dreams and have broken barriers while doing so. We also shared the I Am Mercedes campaign, which focused on young women across the country named Mercedes, who are making a difference in science, technology, social change, and in the creative arts. Thank you to the people at Mercedes-Benz for their sponsorship and for support of Womanica and women everywhere. To listen back to any of these bonus episodes, head to the show notes. Hi, everyone. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Anna Malika Tubbs, the author of The Three Mothers, How the Mothers of MLK Jr., Malcolm X, and James Baldwin Shaped a Nation. My work focuses on motherhood through the lens of feminism, intersectionality, and inclusivity. And I'll be your guest host for this month of Womanica. This month, we're talking about mothers, women who ushered forth new generations and new futures through their care, work, and imagination. Today, we're talking about a woman who remained dedicated to the revolutionary cause up until her last breath. She had a vision for a liberated Cuba, free from slavery and colonial oppression. And she inspired her children and revolutionaries across the country to fight for independence in service of that vision. Let's talk about Mariana Grajales Cuello. It's unclear exactly when Mariana was born, but we know it was sometime between 1808 and 1815. She grew up in Santiago de Cuba. Her parents were originally from the Dominican Republic, but after the Haitian Revolution, they fled to Cuba to avoid the violence spreading through the region. In Cuba, Mariana was seen as a parda libre, a free woman of color. That freedom had its limits. Santiago's school for free Black people required tuition, which Mariana's parents couldn't afford. So Mariana didn't receive a formal education. But living in Santiago helped her develop a keen understanding of the oppressive forces in colonial Cuba. At the time, Cuba was still under Spanish colonial rule, and slavery was still legal. As a child, Mariana would often watch enslaved Black people arrive in Santiago, brought to the country to farm sugarcane. Later, she began visiting the jails where the Spanish government held enslaved Black people who had tried to escape. These visits made it impossible for Mariana to forget the atrocities of slavery. In 1831, Mariana married Fructuoso Regueferos y Echavariara. They were married for nine years and had four sons together before Fructuoso passed away in 1840. A few years later, Mariana married Marcos Maceo, who had immigrated from Venezuela to Cuba years earlier. Around the same time Mariana and Marcos were married, tensions in Cuba were rising. The country was in the midst of a series of rebellions led by enslaved and free Black people. It all came to a head in the mid-1840s. By this time, Cuba was economically dependent on the sugar and coffee trade, and enslaved people made up about one-third of the country's population. 
When the Spanish colonial leader is discovered an underground rebel movement organizing for emancipation, they cracked down, introducing draconian policies and increasing police surveillance of both enslaved and free Black people. Mariana's new husband, Marcos, had to declare he was born in Cuba. Otherwise, he risked deportation. Mariana and Marcos went on to have nine children together, and they all lived on a farm called Las Delicias. Later, they bought a second farm and named it La Esperanza, which means hope. Mariana made sure all her children received a formal education. As the years passed, the Maceos became known as a well-off, free Black family in the region. Then, in September of 1868, Marcos learned that a revolution against the Spanish colonial forces was imminent, and he had been tapped to organize the men in his region to fight. Marcos was nervous to talk to Mariana about this charge. What if she thought revolution was too risky? How would she react to her husband and sons going off to battle? But Mariana was wholeheartedly behind the Cuban Revolution movement. She told her husband to, quote, fight tirelessly until you see her independent or until you die achieving it. A month later, the Ten Years' War started. Insurgent Cubans banded together to fight against Spanish colonization. During the war, Mariana converted their farm, Las Delicias, into a base of operations. She would stock supplies to ship out to soldiers and treat the wounded. Her son, Antonio Maceo, became one of the prominent leaders of the revolution. It didn't take long for Spanish forces to capture the house at Las Delicias and burn it to the ground. After that, Mariana and her daughters joined her husband and sons in the field. Mariana began caring for wounded soldiers. She was renowned for her knowledge of healing herbs and plants. In the struggle for independence, Mariana lost her husband, nine of her 13 children, and two of her grandchildren. But even in the midst of this intense adversity, Mariana kept a cheerful and hopeful demeanor, offering words of encouragement to every soldier who passed her. She remained committed to the vision of an independent Cuba, free from slavery, and she helped others believe in that vision, too. The Cuban writer, José Martí, later wrote about Mariana. If one trembled when he came face to face with the enemy of his country, he saw Mariana white kerchief on her head, and he ceased trembling. In 1878, Spanish forces offered insurgent leaders a pact, which would end the war without freeing Cuba or abolishing slavery. Mariana's son, Antonio, rejected this pact. Instead of signing on, he, Mariana, and the remaining family fled to Kingston, Jamaica. In Jamaica, Mariana continued her commitment to Cuban independence. Her home was a meeting point for Cubans, and she cared for the wives and children of Cuban revolutionaries. When Mariana died in 1893, Cuba was still under Spanish rule. But Mariana never gave up hope that one day, Cuba would be free. And in 1902, nine years after her death, that day finally came. After Cuba's independence, 
Mariana became a symbol of patriotism, revolutionary spirit, and motherhood in Cuba. In 1957, 64 years after her death, the mayor of Havana, Cuba, officially declared Mariana Madre de la Patria, the mother of Cuba. All month, we're talking about mothers. For more information, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to co-creators Jenny and Liz Kaplan for having me as a guest host. Talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.